Was it a bad day or was it a bad five minutes that you milked all day? Give it a minute or two, five minutes, and then let's go. We're overcoming. We're talking positively. It's time to move forward. Next play mentality. What is going on, everyone? Emily Abadi here. You are listening to episode 246 in season 13 of Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential. And of course, have some fun along the way. Season 13. Like what? (laughs) Oh my God. It feels so awesome and crazy and so many emotions saying that, but I am mostly out of all of them elated to be here behind the mic back with the hurdlers, bringing you some good content. I'm kicking things off this season with the one, the only Jenna Bandy. She's a multi-sport athlete, a content creator, a former basketball player, and honestly, an all-around gem of a human. I'm so excited to start this season off with her talking about what it was like to make a major pivot once envisioning herself playing in the WNBA, now a content creator, as I said, with millions of followers across YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. For today's episode, Jenna talks to me about how it felt for her to make a drastic change, to dive in wholeheartedly to content creation during the pandemic, leaving her job as a basketball coach and shaking the stigmas she felt surrounded the occupation of creating content to do what she loves, to pursue her passion and in the process, empower so many women everywhere to be fearless. And as she says, the mission of her brand Game Change Her, H-E-R, to challenge the norm and change the game. Jenna talks candidly about some of the double standards that exist when watching and critiquing male versus female athletes. Plus, Jenna also offers up some really helpful advice for anyone who may be stuck in that negative self-talk loop, moving on from difficult moments and reaching out toward your big potential. Again, loved kicking off season 13 with this conversation with Jenna. A huge thank you to her for her time. And of course, thank you to all of you, the hurdlers, for making it all possible, for being my why, for sharing the show with your friends and your family, and of course, on social media, for reviewing the show in Apple Podcasts. Of course, if you haven't done so yet, head on over there, Spotify, wherever you listen. Your reviews make all the difference. Last but not least, make sure you're following along on social over at Hurdle Podcast, and I am over at Emily Avati. And with that, let's get to it. Let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down with Jenna Bandy. She's a multi-sport content creator, former basketball player. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. 
Of course, I'm amped to have you. You know, I'm amped to have you for a myriad of reasons, but you are on a mission to empower females to be fearless, challenge the norm and change the game. That's like Mm. a big statement, Jenna. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and I mean it, you know, it's a big statement for a reason. I, uh, you know, I have a brand called Game Changer and it's her at the end emphasis of the female And yeah, I just feel a big part of my success is because I have been fearless and I've been authentic and I'm not afraid to challenge the norm and change the game. Not afraid to challenge the norm and change the game. And the game these days looks a lot different than maybe you envisioned like it would look, God, 10, 15 years ago, right? (laughs) Correct. Yes. Back when I was a little kid, you know, I've dreamed of being in the WNBA and since then life has been life in, you know, I, I do something now that is very unconventional, but if you think about it, I am technically a professional athlete now. So I dreamed of being a a WNBA player, a professional athlete, but now in an unconventional way, I am just that. So, you know, I, I played, I played high school softball and basketball. I was, I was really good at both, but I loved basketball more. Um, I ended up tearing my ACL before my senior year in high school. So like that was just very discouraging and I I didn't know what was going to happen for me I ended up on my d1 said see you later and I ended up going division two my third year in college I ended up tearing my other ACL so when you talk about hurdles you know those two things were very challenging for me but I knew that if I could overcome this I can overcome anything mentally not not only just physically but mentally and then I thought I wanted to do the whole sideline sports reporting thing because I didn't think maybe physically my body could endure playing overseas or even the WNBA. So I just kind of changed my pathway. And during the whole interview process of sideline sports reporting and getting in that industry, I was approached with coaching from a guy that I knew from 24 hour fitness. We play basketball all the time in my hometown. And he's like, Hey, I just took over the girls program at a local high school and I need to fill my staff. And I'm like, I've never coached before, but I tried it, fell in love with it. And I, and I thought the rest of my life, that's what I would be a teacher and a a high school coach. I ended up getting my own varsity head coaching job. And, um, during that time I had a little bit of a following. So I had one foot in with the influencer thing, but I didn't really like the term and the stigma that came with being an influencer. So if anyone asked me, what do I do? Say I'm a coach, I'm a varsity head coach. Um, but then it wasn't until the pandemic hit that I I had to get out of my teaching credential program. I had to stop coaching and I still had to pay the bills, you know? So I remember the day that I told mom and dad, Hey, I'm not going to be a teacher or a coach. I'm going to be a YouTuber. I'm going to be a content creator. And that was very weird and, and hard for them to hear. And they didn't understand it, you know, but I kind of had a bet on myself and I, I was able to see other people be successful in this world. And it gave me the hope and the confidence that I could do this as well. So that's really, it wasn't till the pandemic, really 2020, that I put both my feet into this realm of content creation. Yeah. And I mean, there's so much to unpack here. First and foremost, having gone through so many hurdles up until this point, do you remember where your mindset was at the first hurdle, that first ACL tear in high school? How did that feel for you? (laughs) I was 16 years old and I was very discouraged. I mean, I was doing everything I thought was right. 
you know, I was preparing, I was playing pickup with guys. I was, I was pushing the envelope, you know, but I think what I did was I overdid it a little bit. And I was, I was playing pickup against guys at Pepperdine university and it was just kind of a little freak accident. I just landed wrong and it didn't really hurt that bad. I didn't really think twice of it. I was like, Oh, a little tweak, but uh, sure enough, you know, I got it checked and, and there it goes. Uh, I, I tore my ACL and um, my dream of going D1, everyone said, see you later, you know, like it's a liability. You can't give a scholarship to someone who has a torn ACL. I didn't play my senior year. And um, I remember being just like sitting around watching all the girls play the season that I was going to play. And it was, it was hard. And as a 16 year old, I didn't understand. I was, you know, I thought it was unfair. Why me? But like physically it kind of made sense. Cause I was just a little twig. I wasn't doing any type of white weightlifting or preventative, you know, plyometrics or anything like that. So it physically, it made sense why I tore my ACL, you know, it did, but mentally and like universally, it's like, why is this happening to me right now? Yeah. Yeah. And that's so understandable, right? You're in this place where you're giving your absolute all to something and then your body just breaks and you're of this mindset like this isn't supposed to happen to me. Exactly. Oh, man. So you do go on, though, to play for Cal State and then eventually tear the other one. So where's the head at the second ACL tear? So that one was probably the most discouraging because I felt after tearing my first one, okay, well, I got to build up my muscle. I got to I got to really pay attention to my body. And I felt the most strong I've ever been when I tore my second one. And, uh, and that, like I said, that was more mentally frustrating for me. Um, I felt like it was the time where I finally started to really get a lot more playing time that I, I felt I deserved and I was really getting in a great rhythm and it was in a game and I just, I, I planted my foot to pass and my, my leg just gave out and that one, it hurt tremendously screaming, crying. And I knew it. I knew, I knew I tore it and it was, it was the opposite one. So now I have both torn ACL, you know, like people used to call me Jenna Badney, changed the N and the D, which is actually pretty funny. I was like, Hey, like shut up. But that's funny at the same time, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my God. My heart for you. And it's interesting that you said, I just want to double click on this. I was finally starting to get more playing time than I deserved. <laughs> Why did you feel that way? Because so I went, I went to Cal State Monterey Bay my freshman year. I was just fresh off my knee surgery. You know, I was playing with a big brace and I was inconsistent. I'd have nights where my knee felt good. And then I had nights where my knee felt bad and it just felt hell heavy. And the confidence, it was in and out. I didn't feel back to who I was. Not that I I've ever felt that I'd be back to the same person, but like, I just, it was in and out. My games were back to back Friday, Saturday night. So Fridays, it might felt good, feel good. Saturdays, it didn't. Sophomore year, there was someone else in my position. So I kind of had to play outside of my position just to get playing time. Junior year, back into my shooting guard position. I was, I was the sixth man off the bench. And I was really like showing what I can do. Didn't have a sleeve, didn't have any type of brace on. Just felt fully equipped mentally, physically, everything. And then boom. When it comes to garnering confidence in the moments where you really want to show up, but feel like that inner voice is wavering a little bit, what advice would you offer to other women who can find themselves in a similar situation? 
Yeah. I mean, uh, you have to put things in perspective, you know, you have to reflect and, and really think about this could be a lot worse. I could be, I couldn't be at a school. I could be somewhere else, uh, less fortunate, you know? So of course, like it's debilitating in a way, but, but what you have to do is you have to continue to push through. And instead of thinking, oh, I have to make up for all this lost time, you have to chop it down into what is the next right thing for me? So I really broke it down into, oh, I have six months of recovery at least. Instead of doing that, I broke it down into, okay, today, what is the next right thing that I could do? What's the next right choice? So just little by little, making those choices, those right choices, and maybe they're different for you than they are for me. But over time, those habits, it turns into confidence, like seeing the ball go through the net. You It feeds that confidence. So I would say if you're in that mindset of, oh, what this is unfair. Why is this happening to me? How do I make up for all this lost time? I don't know where to go. Just focus on making the next right choice, doing the next right thing for you. And I right. tell you, it feeds that confidence. It feeds the confidence. All the yeah. little steps end up still making you, giving you that forward progress. Having such a massive following both across TikTok and YouTube, you talked about really making this pivot for yourself about three years ago. And that is both a little bit of time and a lot of time. <laughs> Talk to me about how it feels now with the progress that you've made over the past three years in this career that you've chosen. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, when influencer was being thrown around, I feel the stigma behind it. I didn't like it. I didn't take pride in it. So I had my foot in it. And then I had my other foot out of it. I was a teacher and a coach. And I thought that was something that I could take pride in and really stand, stand firmly on. Um, so the term influencer, I didn't like it. However, I did do some content. I had a little bit of a following. I would be a substitute teacher and these kids would be like Jenna Bandy 21. I'm like, no, it's Miss Bandy or it's coach. You know what I mean? So it was a little bit weird. And I think what it was for me was I started to surround myself with other content creators who've been doing this a lot longer than me. And this guy, I pay homage to him, Josh Horton. He had 17 Guinness World Records when I met him. And he just moved into my hometown in Thousand Oaks. And we had a mutual friend. And he was like, hey, I would love to have you on my channel. We do a lot of basketball stuff, trick shots, sporting challenges, like, well, yeah, sure I will. And I had a lot of fun. And soon you see his followers, his subscribers start talking about when's Jenna going to get a channel? We love Jenna. Bring Jenna back on. And he's like, Jenna, you really need to do this. People love you. You have, you have a thing. You have it. And I was like, nah, influencer, YouTuber kind of lame, right? And uh, shortly after that, like he, we all got Guinness World Records. He, he saw I, I made a throw. I, I made a football throw into a, the basket. We were doing a video for his channel. And he was like, you know what, Jenna, that might be a Guinness World Record. Because he already has it in his mind to think that way. Like, this could be a Guinness World Record. Let's look it up. No one has set this Guinness World Record for farthest football throw into a target by a female. So he had the plug with the Guinness World Record adjudicators, the officiators. And we all rented out some space a certain day and time. And we all had Guinness World Records to set and we all achieved them. And when I got that, I was like, that's a cool little flex. So I put it on my, 
my Instagram, my YouTube. And, and it was really cool. And I was like, okay, like this is actually kind of something I could do. And then it really wasn't until I got the opportunity in 2021 by House of Highlights to come on their showdown. They were having a showdown challenge of knockout basketball. And it's, you know, two balls, you're in a line. If you make it before the person in front of you makes it, they're out. You know, like that game, the playground game. And I played that all my life. And they gave us the opportunity. I was the only girl. And I was one of eight people. And I was amongst other big YouTubers. I felt like, why am I here? I'm just, I'm an oddball. I'm just a little baby in my, in this journey of being an influencer, right? But hey, I'm going to make the most of it. And I freaking won. I beat all the guys. I had all my lives left. We all had three lives. You could bump the ball. <laughs> yeah, I had the most like uh, experience basketball wise, but I, it was from the free throw line and you had three lives and you could bump the ball. And we had ample amount of time to prepare. And I prepared. <laughs> and I, I made 18 out of 20 shots. So even when I missed, you couldn't really bump my ball. I got it quick and I put it back up and I'm, and I won a hundred K I'm getting tons of followers that night. I'm like, this is for me. I have to, I have to capitalize on this platform. I would be stupid to do it, to not do it. I am young now. I can always go back to coaching. I can always go back to teaching. I'm doing, I'm doubling down. Yeah. And I love like the excitement that builds in your voice as you tell <laughs> that story and you like reflect back on that because what a beautiful opportunity that it was, right? Like this really fun moment for you to be like, actually, I really like doing this, enabling you to then care a lot less about whatever the stigma was that you associated with exactly. being an influencer, being a content creator. Exactly. Because people thought it was kind of a gimmick. If you hear a woman say, I'm an influencer, the stigma automatically is, oh, she's probably showing off her body, kind mm. of being like gimmicky or cheap. And like, that wasn't me at all. I'm a tomboy, like at heart. I grew up with a big brother that never let me win in anything. Talking trash to me, you know, so when I finally did win, I earned that. So that has given me that competitive edge. And I've that's just who I am. I'm very authentic to being a tomboy. So I enjoyed this. Beating up on the guys, that's second nature to me. You Can know? we go back to the Guinness World Record for a moment, though? Yeah. So for that, they, they have to come, right? Yes. And adjudicator. Yes. So we had the we had the measuring tape. It was 90 feet, so 30 yards. I had to throw with an NFL sized ball, and I couldn't bank it in it had to go straight in and take in mind like I could throw an NFL ball probably 40 45 yards maybe 50 but it was 10 feet up in the air so it's also like you really got to get under it you know and let me tell you everyone else got their Guinness World Records before me so I'm like I can't be the only one leaving this gym without a Guinness World Record heck no <laughs> you know what I mean like are we all going to go to dinner and celebrate? But I'm the only one that really is being a little like upset. You know, I can't, I can't be the one. I can't be the bad egg. You can't do it. Well, you didn't have to worry about that because you succeeded. <laughs> yeah. Thank I, you. you know, and again, going back to just like your charisma and your level of energy, I would imagine that you, you garner that excitement. You're all in 
But at the end of the day, like you're putting out content for everyone to see. So are you able to hold on to that excitement when other people start having an opinion on what it is that you're doing? Oh, man. I mean, that's also something that comes a part of like being so public and on social media, you know, comments, you know, they say don't read the comments. I read them. I do not all of them, you know, and um, there will be trolls, there will be haters. And, you know, the saying, if if you have haters, that means you're doing something right, you know, and kind of all my life, I have had people jealous or, or just feel like they're slighted and should be in the position that I, that I'm in or, you know, and the thing is, is like, you just carry on. You, you can't please everybody. Sometimes when you do well or not well, like there's always going to be an opinion. So I think the excitement is still alive inside me. And I, I try to stay humble, but at the same time, I'll talk my talk, (laughs) you know, and I think it's deserving because I've worked hard. I prepared, like I, I was in the gym. I went to my old school that I coached that I still had the keys there, you know, and I got on the shooting gun, the shooting machine, and I was shooting free throw after free throw. And I was even thinking about things like, okay, well, if someone's in front of me, I'm actually not going to be right at the free throw line. I'm going to be about a foot and a half, two feet back. So I practice not just from the free throw line. I practice from two feet back. I practice to the right of them. I practice to the left of them. I'm preparing for all things. And they're calling me a try hard or oh, she she doesn't deserve to be there because she she's played college ball. But I prepared. You could have prepared too. Mm, it's first yeah. from the free throw line. Yeah. You know, and that's and, and that's only like one of these, let's say, opportunities, right? Yeah. Because you've had so many now at this point. That was just kind of one of the, let's call it the first or the catapulting moments. And yes. as you continue on, you talked about, you know, preparing for that one in terms of training, but what does quote unquote training look like for you these days? Yeah. So you know what? Like Right now, I I don't really go and play pickup basketball anymore like I used to. If I'm going to play basketball, I'm it's mainly for an event or I'm turning that camera on. And it's it's very rarely ever where I'm just playing for fun anymore because I am doing stuff very often. Um I love playing pickleball. I I so like that's in my my weekly schedule like I'll go and I'll play pickleball. Um I weight train I, I will get shots up. I'll get content, you know, for basketball, but hardly ever really playing fives just for fun. Um, I always got something going on football, you know? And so I'm just, a lot of it has to do with recovery <laughs> and, and, and making sure that my body's feeling good. Cause I'm, I'm 30 years old now. And I, I feel like, Oh, I got to keep up with these young guns, you know? And, and it's a matter of staying young, staying healthy, so I could continue to do this. I probably should have had that mindset at 30, honestly. Now I'm <laughs> like, I'm only, I'm only got a few years on you. But like, if I at 30 was like, man, really got to protect these bones, then maybe I wouldn't be hobbling <laughs> around know? like I already am. The multivitamin, the, you know, everything. You got it, the creams, everything. <laughs> it's all, it's all in the rotation. Don't know, don't yeah. worry. So, okay. But going back though, to kind of picking this up during the pandemic. Bring us into what Jenna Bandy is doing, like top end 2020 
right before everything shuts down. Wow. What I was doing before that, I was trying to really figure out what do I see the rest of my life as? And I really felt passionate about coaching and about teaching. I saw my summers off and enjoying that with my, with my future husband and family and kids, you know, I saw that it was very rewarding to teach and coach and to see that light bulb turn on, you know, and, but it is a grind. And I was, I was a head coach at 24 years old and, you know, I look younger than I am. So, and I felt like any disagreement to playing time or just my coaching concepts, it was an attack and a threat to my job security. It was very hard in the, in the areas I was coaching. I was coaching at Calabasas high school, Calabasas, right? A lot of big name people there, you know, privileged. And I was trying to teach them things like hard work and accountability. And hey, you might not be going to college to play basketball, but you are going to be in college and living on your own. And mom and dad won't be there to hold your hand all the time. So accountability, communication, talking to someone, an adult that's older than you about something that you might have an issue about that you can't always have mom and dad. So it was very tough. I felt like I was being attacked and I just, for things that that I had such great intentions for. And I'm like, you know what? I might be too young right now and look a certain way right now to be fully respected in this field. Mm. So I was like, maybe I got to go to college. So I was right before the pandemic, I was a junior college assistant coach. And that really fit way better for me. I didn't have the target on my back as the head coach. I was an assistant. So I was like, I kind of could be the kids homies, you know, and I could, I could be there and, and not have all the responsibility that I had as a head coach, managing, scheduling, all of it, you know, it, it fit me better. But um, like I said, like the pandemic hit, I had this opportunity and I, I doubled down on it and it kind of was like, okay, well, I'll do it. I didn't really think anything would come of it. Then six yeah. months later, six months later, they invite me to another one, another showdown for a hundred K. And I was one of 12 people, uh, I was one of two girls. So it was 10 guys and two girls. And I was one of the girls and it was for a hundred K is for go-karting. And I took a, I took a page out of my book from the other one. I'm like, what did I do to win this one? Well, I prepared. So what did I do for this one? I went to the actual go-karting site. I went two weekends in a row. My sister lived 30 minutes away. It was in Anaheim. My sister lived 30 minutes away and I practiced Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then the week went by. And then again, I practiced Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I raced four races a day. So four times six, I raced 24 races. I got to learn the go-kart. I got to learn the track and I asked questions. So then when I go to the, the, the actual event, I had the fastest lap time of everybody. So I got the first grid spot and then I defended my line and I freaking won again. I won another hundred K against all the guys and here I go I won 200k in one year I'm like guys can you give me the check in the the following year like taxes man (laughs) but the the thing is is that I prepared and they still called me out as a tryhard or Mm. someone who got a coach just give me the credit that I deserve I prepared when you started getting more and more of a following did you recognize that you have this opportunity through this new line of work to inspire the next generation of women? 
Yes. And that's exactly like what the main thing has always been. You know, we're called influencers. However, what is the direct influence? I might have an indirect influence. I, I, I'm impressive. I look cute. I, you know, I can do some pretty cool stuff. Right. But what am I directly influencing? So I always knew that I wanted to come out with a brand and a lot of influencers have their brand named after themselves. And I've been told I should do the bandy brand. It kind of seems like a no brainer. Right. But I was like, I don't want it to be about me. Like who's really going to wear Jenna bandy on there? You know what I mean? I want it to be something that they can embody themselves. So that's why I came up with Game Changer. And it's her at the end, like I said, because that's something that even dads can wear because they have daughters that they support. Or even if you're not a dad, but you're a man, I actually was blown away by the support that I got by 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 men because they're like, well, it's a female empowerment brand. Of course, I'm going to support it because I wasn't sure if they would wear something that says her on it. But I got a lot of support and I was like, okay, this is reinforcing everything. Before you started Game Changer, did you feel like the influence that you had that you were starting to cultivate was in line with what you wanted to create? Yes. Like I, I definitely had a lot of like girls DMing me, messaging me and telling, telling me how much like I inspire them. And, and, you know, but I have the numbers show, like I have an overwhelming amount of a male following compared to female following. And I think it also goes from like, girls aren't always all that supportive of other girls. It's a certain thing, you know, that goes on. Oh, am I, am I really going to support her? Am I just jealous of her? It's, it's tough, but I will recall there was a moment I was in New York and I had a whole activation with this brand and, and I was playing strangers at West Forth uh, in the cage. It was like one of the most like uh, famous street ball courts. And I was playing one-on-one. If you beat me, you get to win tickets to Madison Square Garden to, for the, for the college games and for the Knicks versus Bucks game. Like this is huge. Right. And I know I, I I look deceiving and that's part of it. Like I, I look like I could be, you know, I, I have blonde hair, you know, but then I'm balling up. Right. So a bunch of guys came to play me and there was this little girl that came and her name was Sophia and she was only five years old. And she came up to me with her dad and I was like, hi, what's your name? She's like, I'm Sophia. And I was like, I'm Jen. And she, I know who you are. I watch all your videos. And she was the only girl that was there all day watching me, had her ball with her and I, I let her play and we we played. But since that day, she's been the wallpaper on the back of my phone. Still, if I wasn't doing this voice, memo, I'd show you right now. <laughs> but little Sophia, she made me realize that I have a bigger voice than I thought I did. And that was in, that was in 2021, I believe. And it, it really made me realize I got to put on for the women and I, I got to have a, a brand that is for the women, you know, mm-hmm. not about me, but it's for the women. It's for girls in sports and to show women, you could do both. You can look cute and you could ball, you know, and, and you could be fearless and be true to who you are and just do all things. 
taking a break from today's episode to give some love to the sponsors that make this content possible. First up, my friends at AG1. AG1, so much more than a greens powder. It's your daily multivitamin and multimineral. It's got pre and probiotics, immunity support, and yes, it is your daily greens blend too. Now, I mentioned the word immunity, and AG1 is my God. It feels like immunity secret when it comes to all of this travel, making sure I've got my travel packs with me at the ready. It helps me feel my best even when I am constantly on the go. But bigger than immunity, it's also super, super helpful for my gut health. Multivitamins, probiotics, adaptogens, and more. By taking AG1, I am creating an environment within my gut so that it can thrive, so that the body can thrive, so that I can feel my absolute best. Now, of course, they have an offer for the Hurdle listeners. If you get in on the Athletic Greens gang today by heading on over to athleticgreens.com slash hurdle, you can get five free travel packs as well as a year's supply of vitamin D for free with your purchase. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash hurdle to get freebies and do something for yourself today. Trust me, you won't regret it. I've been doing this for years now and I cannot imagine my mornings without it. Also, gotta give some love to my friends at Element. I am finally amping up my mileage again. Oh my God, saying that sentence makes me so excited. And honestly, one of my favorite parts is the post-sweat element that I reach for every single time. I am a, I know this is cute, super salty sweater. So I know it is critical for me to replace the vital electrolytes I lose through sweat. And that is exactly where element comes in. It is so delicious. It always boosts my energy throughout the day, and it gives me those electrolytes that I absolutely need to fuel my body before, during, and after a tough workout. Not to mention, it's zero sugar and doesn't contain any of the other junk I'd find in conventional sports drinks, so I do not have to worry about putting any harmful ingredients into my body. My favorite flavor is their orange salt, raspberry salt, close second, and the best part about Element is that it's grab-and-go packaging, which means it's super Super simple to grab a few packets and bring them with me on the move. Of course, Element has an awesome deal for Hurdle listeners. Head on over to drinkelement.com. That's drinklmnt.com slash hurdle to get a free sample pack with your purchase today. Again, that's drinklmnt.com slash hurdle to get a free sample pack of all of their delicious flavors with your purchase today. You know, I was scrolling through your page before we got on this and it never surprises me, but always annoys me when I go to like any video of a female athlete and there are without a doubt men in the comments commenting about her appearance. How do you navigate that with what you do? Yeah, you see, this is the thing. Social media, it's still about entertainment. And I understand that like there's, there's a few things that you should achieve when you're on social media. You it should be inspiring, educational, or informative. And, and I know that 
I have a certain look and I could just be all about my look. I'm tasteful with it, you know, and I'll show my assets, but I'm also showing my talent. (laughs) I am still a very feminine girl and I do look a certain way, but I am very talented and sporty and athletic. And athletic and athletic. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I love that story that you shared also about Sophia, because I think that it brings us back to your why, right? And the goal, again, to inspire the next generation of athletes. When you reflect on the women that motivated you to lace up from the get-go, who comes to mind? Honestly, I just, I have to say my mom. And it's not necessarily from an athletic standpoint. It's more of just, just her character and her just grit. I would say, you know, my mom is Italian from New Jersey, smoker, has the rasp in her voice deep, like came to every single one of my games. Same with my dad. But you heard my mom and you knew that was my mom because she's the only blonde. I'm the only blonde on the court, you know, like and she just. I just say she just inspired me to be independent and strong and to be authentic to who I am you know, and just stand firm in what you believe in and what you want to do. So I, my mom, and I would say my, my, my big brother, like I said, he, he never let me win in anything. I have a twin brother as well, but my twin brother, my parents say that I saw all the athleticism in the womb because Jace is not coordinated whatsoever. My twin brother, he's a Spanish teacher and just very, yeah, very passionate about that. But I, I'm athletic and Jet, my big bro, just would, you know, like I said, he beat up on me and, and he, he was in the MLB major league baseball player, professional baseball player for years. He retired now. And, you know, just the tunnel vision and his, his focus, I always looked up to. Oh my God. I can like hear your mom's voice in the back of my head now, like being that standout on the side of the court to be able to reflect and be like, yo, my mom was it. That's like such an awesome thing. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, of course, I there's there's women that I've looked up to. Like, I, I definitely looked up to Jenny Finch in softball. Like, I love I felt like I kind of looked like her. You know, I had her glove in softball. Um, Lisa Leslie being the first woman to dunk. And then also I have to say the movie Love and Basketball. Oh. Like, I remember particularly the movie Monica, you know, she she made a basket and kind of looked down at her defender like kind of talking trash. And she was like, why do I get in trouble for talking trash? Cause, cause I'm a female, but if a guy does it, he gets a pat on the back, you know? And it's kind of very relevant to today and what's going on today with Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark. And even for me being a creator as a content creator, I was just in this league two on two creator league for 50 K and I was talking my talk. We're entertainers as well. So I'm shooting it and I'm going like this and I'm, I'm saying you're too little. And I feel like a lot of the time I have been criticized because I'm a female doing it or because I'm white and doing it. I even had someone in my comments cause we won, I won another 50 K <laughs> and in my thing, I'm showing that I'm doing this stuff. And I said in my caption, I said, do you think females should be criticized for talking trash or celebrating just cause we're females. And I remember one comment in particular, They said, no, but just be more ladylike. What does that even mean? 
be more ladylike about it. Oh my God. That stuff bothers me so much. It bothers me so much. So tell us then now that, you know, you're three years into creating this content, where do you see yourself going from here? For a little bit at the beginning of this year, I remember having like my yearly meeting with my manager, Alex, and it kind of came to me in a sense where I felt I've been looking at content creation, being a social media influencer as a stepping stone into my more adult job, into my more conventional job, which is maybe being a sideline sports reporter or sports host. And I did get my feet wet in that um, at the end of the year, last year, August through about middle of February of this year. And I was learning things. I was on set on in the studio, reading from a prompter. Uh, having to memorize things. And it was a really great learning experience. It is a muscle that I had to flex that I wasn't used to. And through that, I was like, you know what, I actually don't enjoy this as much as I thought I would. And I'm really glad I got that experience because it made me realize like, being a content creator, it's not a stepping stone. I'm going to continue to double down on what I'm doing now. So right now, I used to edit all of my stuff long form, short form, everything. Now I don't edit my long form videos. I have a videographer. So now when you say like, well, what's next for you? It's more just doubling down on what I'm already doing, getting a videographer, getting an editor, maybe having multiple. I do have multiple. Continuing to just bring people on my team and continuing. What's the next, what's the next video idea? What's the next thing I could do to level up? You know, it's like, I've been on America's Got Talent. I've done performances at the Clippers NBA basketball game to try to beat my Guinness World Record. Like if I could beat my Guinness World Record, you know, just leveling up. And that yeah. that's really where it is. I'm just doubling down on what I'm already doing. That's what's next for me. And I feel like eventually there will be some type of hybrid maybe of of content creator and like maybe the conventional world of being a sports host or something. Maybe maybe I create my own show. Maybe even right now it's doubling down even more on my brand game changer collabing with the WNBA, collabing with cool, big brands. And when you say all of this, the possibility is uh, exciting and it's contagious. And I really love that realization that you had going through that experience of doing more of the conventional reporting that you thought maybe that you would want to do when you were a bit younger and having that takeaway, that's like, you know what? I'm glad I did it, but it's not it doesn't feel like it's for me. I think oftentimes we have a hard time letting go of the thing that we were so convinced was meant to be our path. Yeah. Did you feel that way? Yes. And and I would I would be told, oh, I you look like Aaron Andrews. You could totally do what she does. And and that kind of gave me the idea to do communications and major in that in college. I didn't really know, but I kind of had people telling me that's what you should do. And I'm like, yeah, I could do that. I know sports. And so, like you said, experiencing it, living it, I realize it's really not something that I loved as much as I do with my content creation. Yeah. But it is really empowering to say, hey, I'm going to stand on my own two feet and make my own thing. And then the rest, you know, it's up to possibility. Yeah. And, and if you think about it, like where you thought your life was going to go years ago, it's definitely probably not where it is. And I just, that's been my life. It's, I've had freak accidents. I've had things that I just get opportunities for and I capitalize on them. And I'm just going to continue to stay true to living each day and making 
the next right thing, doing the next right thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Now you travel a lot. I'm with you on that. Talk to me a little bit about how Jenna takes care of Jenna when she is constantly on the move. Oh my goodness. I got to get my coffee. That's for sure. (laughs) The only thing I do for self-care is caffeine. You know, (laughs) you know, um, it's, it's still, it's true to, to what I do. Even when I am home, I call my mom every day, talk to my mama, gotta get, gotta get that energy in me, you know? Um, and it's, it's really helpful to just stay on schedule. I feel a really bad feeling in my gut when I'm late to things. I don't like that, you know, so just, just making sure that I'm being considerate of others. And, and, you know, I have this, um, this tushy cushy that I have that with me when I travel and I sit on it in the planes because I have this little issue with my piriformis. If I sit for too long, I'm in pain. I'm in absolute pain. And especially if I'm active and then I have to be on that plane. Oh my gosh. So that's one thing. Like I got to grab my tushy cushy. The unexpected component to the self-care routine. And then another must have is when I'm traveling, I got to bring my speaker with me. I got to have my music going on when I'm getting dressed, when I'm, when I'm just in the hotel chilling. So those are like my, my tushy cushy and my speaker and my coffee and mama bear. I love that your self-care involves aspects that some individuals may not think to be proactive about. For instance, calling your mom because you know that her energy fills up your cup, thinking about how you can take care of your body in situations that maybe other people wouldn't think about. Some others may be like, oh, fuck, I'm going to be stuck on this plane for 12 hours, right? But you're like, (laughs) no, how can I make the best of this situation? And that's just a testament to the mindset that you have garnered overcoming things that maybe didn't go your way leading up to this point. You have learned to truly do the best you can with what you have. How does that make you feel when I say that to you? Wow, I mean... It, it it makes me feel pretty special. It makes me feel like I have done what I can. And, and because I know people would die to be in the position that I am. I remember for a little bit, I was like, gosh, YouTube is just, I don't really want to do YouTube anymore. I'm getting enough brand deals for short form content with TikTok and Instagram. I just want to do that. It's not as much work. I could easily edit it on my phone, but I had like, 200,000 on on YouTube and I just was letting it sit there so it's like no anyone would kill to have my platform so I've been capitalizing I've been making sure that I'm posting every day on YouTube shorts and I'm posting a long form every week you know so I just sometimes you know I do need to get a little bit of a, a kick in the butt in the reminder you know like like if I'm getting irritated with a brand and I have a deliverable that I have to meet and they come back with feedback and I'm like, crap, I got to edit more or I have to redo this voiceover or whatever. I have to remind myself, Jenna, chill, stop being so spoiled because it's like you get to make videos for you get to be a tomboy for a living. You would already be a tomboy if you weren't doing this. Now you're just getting paid for it. So <laughs> I have to remind myself just like, like you are blessed. Yeah, you are my cup is overflowing. Like you said, just being grounded with those calls with mama bear and remembering where I came from and how I was raised and those morals. For sure. For sure. Now, 
for you, what would you say is probably one of the things that people don't talk about as much when it comes to creating content or perhaps being this public of a person? Ooh. I think people think it, it's easy to do. I think people, but it, but it's, it's diff, it's def, it's difficult. I got into it when I was surrounded by other creators and it's like, oh, we're just holding each other's phones. We're holding each other's cameras. I'm able to learn from other people. If you're just getting into this on your own right now, I, it would be pretty difficult to, to figure out where to start, you know? And so I have branded myself as a multi-sport athlete. Some people haven't branded themselves as multi-anything. Maybe they just have one niche and it's like, okay, well, how do you continue to entertain in that same niche without doing the same thing as you've already done? How do you make it different? How do you advance it? Maybe you add something, a progression to it. It's, it's, it's tough. I, like I said, it's luckily I've multi-brand multi-sport. So I, I could do a football video and do basketball video and pickleball or whatever. Yeah. But it's difficult to stay with the trends, to stay new, to stay fresh because you get, you get burnt out. It's real. Like creator burnout is real. And it's like, I know Snapchat wants me to post like 50 times a day and I just don't want to share all my life like that. So it's, it gets to be a little bit, it could be, it could be a lot. So I think people don't understand, oh, creator, you're destroying your life. That's easy. It's not that easy. Can we talk about that for a beat though? What do you do when you're burnt out? It's, it's tough. I mean, I know that this is the life I chose, right? So you have to just reflect and assess things and make sure, like, like you said, you're taking care of yourself. There's a reason why you're burnt out. You, you skipped on the priorities of taking care of yourself before some things. So it's planning, it's preparing. I've been trying to do a better job of scheduling massages and, and really taking some time to go spend with my family, you know, um, see my little niece. And so I think it's, it's when I'm burnt out, it's about, moderation and getting back to what like just being a normal person is Mm. you know yeah um and I think it's okay to not share your whole life on social media just showing like showing a glimpse of like it's still a job I could represent myself in this way but at the end of the day I really am this authentic tomboy girl but you don't see you don't see who I'm going on a date with (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And you know what? I think it's like your perception is your reality, right? So as a creator, you have the opportunity to provide a picture of what your life is like, knowing what makes you feel comfortable to share. Now, the problem that goes hand in hand with that, as you've already articulated, is that people are going to have something to say about it, whether or not you share it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you have to post content, even if you're having a bad day. You and like that, I know is tough for a lot of people, especially if they're going through mental health problems or just whatever. And and you kind of have to put up a facade sometimes, but it's part of your job. So it is, it can get kind of like, it could get kind of tough in that sense for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had to deal with that yourself? Oh, yeah. Like dealing with heartbreak, breakups, whatever, you know, it's, I know that it's great for your algorithm to have at least four stories a day and post twice a week, but maybe I'm not feeling like it. And sometimes like, let's say, let's say I'm just 
a creator is overdoing the same thing that they want and they want to expand. They want to start to multi-brand stuff. Sometimes if you post something that is off your niche, off of your like routine of posts, you're going to take that hit of views. And you just kind of have to, you have to put up with it, you have to deal with it and you have to like, you have to stand strong in what you're doing. And like, you know what? I, I deserve, I'm still a human so I can have my off days. You know, it's just, a little bit unfortunate that the world sees it all. Yeah. I think it's also interesting as well. I mean, like for an example, if someone who has been creating content for some time is also a new mom and they start to share some of their journey with motherhood without fail, there's always going to be people that come in and say like, well, I didn't follow you because you were a mom. Then unfollow me. Get out. Why are you commenting bad stuff? If Just don't even comment. Just don't follow me then. Yeah, I'll never you know? forget that Tunde told me one. She said when we sat down the last time that when she had become a Peloton instructor, she was struggling with this fact that like all of the, you know, public feedback, unsolicited, whatnot. And one of her friends said to her, would you ever go to someone else's Instagram and leave a nasty comment? And Tunde was like, no. And she was <laughs> like, so why are you going to let that person who has some nasty stuff to say to you impact you? Interesting. That's a great way to look at it. You would never do that for someone else. So like you can't take that person seriously. Yeah, you can't take it personally. You know, it's a certain type of person that's doing that type of stuff. And usually it means that they got stuff going on on their own. Yeah, it's not you. It's them. All right. All right. We're winding down here. Tell me, Jenna, what excites you right now? Getting FaceTimes from my sister and her little daughter. She's the cutest little nugget in the world. How old is she? She's only two years old. And she just brightens up my life. You know, she just gives me so much joy. And I get to see her pretty often. So that gives me excitement. I do have to say pickleball. I love pickleball. I think it is the best sport in America. I think it's the best combination of power, finesse, IQ, athleticism. Like, I just love it. And people think it's, oh, just for old people or uh, it's not really cool. Try it and you'll get addicted. You'll get the bug. I have only played it once and I definitely like had no concept for what the rules were or anything. It's a lot of rules. I had a lot of fun. Right now, Jenna, you have an opportunity to offer yourself a piece of advice after that second ACL tear, that big hurdle moment, knowing what you know now. What do you tell yourself? Wow. I would tell myself, I would tell myself, you know, everyone has failures in life and sometimes like, everyone who's doubting you, even your own doubts that like not to listen to them. Cause there's a lot of times that I don't, I wasn't speaking positively to myself. And I think we all do that. So I would tell myself to get out of the rut quicker. You know, I would tell myself to speak life to myself and not death. Jenna, you got this, you know, don't talk negatively about yourself. I would, I would say do that. And I, and I eventually did, but it, it took some people that I had to surround myself around to get back to that positive space, but, um, just to give myself a little bit more grace and to speak positively to myself. Cause I think manifestation is real and, and 
you attract what you want. And by saying and talking to yourself, it's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Positively when you're in uh, a rut personally, like when you're on the go or whatever, and you're, you're finding yourself kind of dipping into that negative self-talk space, what do you do to get out of it? There's like this quote that I really love and it's, um, was it a, was it a bad, was it a bad day or was it a bad five minutes that you milked all day? So I think everyone has the right to get mad, to, to be angry for a little bit, but like, don't let that take over your whole day. Give it a minute or two, five minutes, and then let's go. We're overcoming. We're talking positively. It's time to move forward. Next play mentality, right? What matters the most isn't what already happened. It's what's going to happen next. I love that. Jenna, Bandy, I'm so happy that we were able to make this happen. How do the hurdlers follow along with you? If they don't just yet, give us your info. You can follow me at Jenna Bandy 21 on Instagram, TikTok, and on YouTube at Jenna Bandy. Love it. I'm over at Hurdle Podcast and at Emily Abadi. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.